بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد إن شاء الله this week we continue with our series and as you know we were in the midst of the ten principles of the path the path of suluk the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is um, we, we did the first eight and the previous one was Assamt, which was uh, basically silence. To observe as much silence as possible and not basically speak when we don't need to be speaking. And that, that basically means not typing as well uh, when we don't need to be speaking. So somebody might be very quiet. There's some people who are very introverted. You can't ha have a conversation with them face to face. But mashallah, when they in front of a keyboard, they, they become alive then. So this is basically talking about silence, meaning no communication, communication with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as possible. This is not to say we, uh, as I've explained, this is not to say we become hermits, but it's just to try to decrease the kind of things we get involved in for no reason that wastes our time. This one will explain the further, the, the next two points are very pertinent. So number nine, the ninth point is Al-Qiyamu Bil-Ashari. Al-Qiyamu Bil-Ashari, we ask Allah for Tawfiq to give us this. The ninth point, uh, the ninth principle of the path, fundamental of the path, is to stand up and basically pray uh, at the ends of the nights. So this is night prayer, the night vigil prayer, our tahajjud prayer. So he says, At-tasi'u as-sahar, which basically means waking at night, wakefulness at night. فَلَا يَنَامَ الثُّلُثْ الْأَخِيرِ مِنَ اللَّيْلِ لِلْتَهَجُّدْ so the person will not sleep for the last third portion of the night for the sake of tahajjud and for the sake of istighfar, seeking forgiveness and for the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that last third portion of the night will be spent for that purpose. In the summer, this is very easy to do. We don't have much of a night anyway. So the last third would only be about be what two hours and in winter that becomes a very long period of night so it doesn't mean you must spend all one third of the night you have to remember where these books have been written they're written in moderate climates where there's probably generally a decent night and the fluctuation of Maghrib is not that much as we have here but here in the night finishes at 115 for a lot of people in in the winter uh, in the summer so either way it's basically spending a portion at the end of the night, towards the end of the night, uh, for, th for this purpose. And then he tells us why. Uh, he says, He said that he specifically singled this one out, even though praying at night and so on would have been included in the first eight principles about the dhikr of Allah and so on. That would have been included there in general, but he wanted to really focus on this and emphasize this separately. That's why. And the reason for it, he says, is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala madahahumullahu ta'ala fi ghayri ayah. Not just in one verse, but in many verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised this, this activity, enlivening the last portion of the night. Qala ta'ala, they slept little at night 
and they would seek forgiveness. They would seek forgiveness bil ashar, which basically means at the suhoor time, at the time you would be waking up for suhoor anyway. That's the time for istighfar. So it's, you could say that it's a Quranic encouragement and recommendation to do istighfar at that time. One of the best times to seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even the brothers of Yusuf Ali, brothers of Yusuf Ali, remember when they came up, when they came back to their father and it became clear that what they may have done and then they said to their father, please seek forgiveness for us. What did he say? I'm going to seek forgiveness. So according to the Mufassin, it says that it's going to be at night tahajjud time. So that's one of the best times to seek forgiveness. وَلِلذِّكْرِ فِي ذَلِكَ الْوَقْتَ تَأْثِيرٌ أَكْثَرَ مِنْهُ فِي غَيْرِهِ Dhikr at that time has the greatest effect more than at other times. There's a much greater effect of dhikr at that time than at other times. And do you know why? That is a time when they say the reason why that's one of the best times and most effective times is because that is the time when the evildoers of the night have finally gone to sleep. And the evildoers of the day are not yet awake. So that's like the purest time. Because the guys at night, because they party until 1, 2, 3, maybe even 4 o'clock. I don't know what time the parties finish, but maybe 3, 4 o'clock. And the morning stuff doesn't start until maybe later on, you know, like after sunrise and so on. So that's why this is considered to be, in one sense, uh, the best time for this kind of activity. And also from another personal perspective, it's probably the best time because if you've had some sleep, the, the neurons in the brain have had time, the brain has had time to settle and calm down and all of the day's signals that have been going around, flashing through, that they've been able to calm down a bit. So when we wake up, we're not as preoccupied. It's a new day. It's a new moment. So that's probably the best time to focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we get the most, the purest time to focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because in the daytime, because we're so distracted, we can focus, but then there's too many distractions, <coughs> lights bleeping and all sorts of other stuff that take us away. So this should be the best time. You don't expect calls at that time either, do you? Right. So, I mean, you don't expect text messages and all that stuff. Uh, generally at that time anyway, and people should shut off their notifications anyway. Okay, that was number nine. He didn't spend too much time on that because he said this stuff we've already discussed before anyway. But he then goes into the final point. The final point, which seems to be a rounding off all of, of many of the other points. It's almost like he's repeating some stuff, but he's taking it from a different perspective. So what is the tenth, the tenth principle of the path? He says, At-tafakkuru fi makhluqatillahi wa dawami dhikri this is to ponder and reflect over the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's a, something of the path. We also ponder over the creation of Allah, but we do it for the wrong reason. You know, when you want to buy something, and you're looking for the reviews as to which is the best product. When you want to buy a car, you go and test out different cars, read reviews online, ask people. That's all pondering over the remembrance of that, pondering over the creation of Allah. But it's just for the wrong reason. It's not pondering over the creation of Allah to get to Allah. That seems to be more, more sometimes taking us away from Allah. So it's the wrong kind of pondering. But we do that, right? We do it all the time. Shopping is probably also, when, you, when you're shopping, it requires an element of review to go and check things out. Window shopping, 
test products out. That's all pondering over the dhikr of Allah, but in the wrong, sorry, pondering over the makhluqat of Allah. All of that is a creation of Allah. But what this means is pondering over that creation of Allah that reminds you of Allah for the right reason to get to Allah. And the whole world is supposed to be that. It just depends on how you look at it. It just depends on how you look at it. There's a beautiful poem from Ibn al-Farid, Umar Ibn al-Farid, one great spiritual poet. He says that, Ya ukhta Sa'ad, min habibi ji'tani bi risalatin addaytaha bi talattufi fasami'tu ma lam tasma'i wa nathartu ma lam tanzuri wa araftu ma lam ta'rifi So basically, what he's saying here is that for the person who's looking into the creation of Allah with the right reason, with the right focus, with the right objective in mind, they will see much more than what others will see. It's like, let's just say, that you went somewhere and somebody sent you a good old letter. Right? They didn't want to email, but they wanted to really send a handwritten, personalized letter to you from a friend of yours. And the person who brought it to you, brought it with respect and with care, and he gave it to you. Now when you open that letter, clearly it's been into, in this person's possession for the whole distance of that journey. So he's saying, maybe this is, he's using, oh brother, oh sister of Sa'ad. Maybe she brought him the letter, that's why. He said, oh sister of Sa'ad, from my beloved, did you bring me the letter which you also handed over to me with great kindness and perfection? Like you, did, you took all care to transfer it and transport it all the way to me and you handed it over to me. But I heard from it that which you did not hear and I saw in it what you did not see and I, I learnt what you did not learn. So basically you didn't get anything from that letter though you carried it maybe for longer than I did. But the message that I got from it was greater than what you got from it. So we all look at, at things but do we all get the same thing out of them? So it, it's about changing the way and focus of what we look at for. And I think the example is quite simple. You know when you want to buy a new car and there's a certain car that then is pointed out to you. You then start seeing that car everywhere until then you, there were so many on the road but you never saw them before. They used to just be nothing for you. But when you actually now are looking for that car, you actually start seeing all of them. Oh, that one's got an extra bumper. That one's got, that one says uh, this extra word on it. That means there's you know, you actually start seeing things when you focus on them. So focus is important. You're not going to just notice Allah. Though Allah is supposed to be everywhere in terms of His bounties and His manifesting His power and His beauty and everything. But unless we're looking for Him, we veil Him because we're looking for other things too much. So, Allahu Akbar, Allah make it easy for us. So He says, Al-Ashir tafakkur fi badi'i sun illah. This is to ponder over the wondrous creation of Allah. The wondrous making of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لِإِدْرَاكِ دَقَائِقِ الْحِكَمِ why, why, why would you look at this? Not because you want to buy that or you want, okay, I'm going to start looking at the trees because I want to plant some in my garden. That's not the same reason. You can plant them in your garden, that's fine. If they remember, remind you of Allah. So he's saying that to look at the wondrous creation of Allah, to be able to perceive and comprehend the subtleties of His wisdoms. لِتَزْدَادَ عِلْمًا وَحُبًّا So that you can increase in your awareness of Allah, knowledge of Allah and your love of Allah. Look at this beauty because the more characteristics you know of someone, 
the more you will become attuned to them. It's like I've got an option to buy five different phones. There are, there's a HTC, there's an there's a iPhone, there's a Samsung and there's you know, so many others. I don't know much about phones. I've had mine for many years maybe and now I'm looking at all the recent phones. So I'm going to start learning, oh, but this has got this, this one's got this, this one doesn't have that, this one has this. I, the more I know, okay, it must be this one. I learn more. Yeah, that's a really good phone. That does this and it does that as well. Battery power, so on. I suddenly become more and more connected to it the more I learn about the virtues of it and the qualities of it. So we don't do that for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says this is the way to do it. When you look around, you actually start seeing what Allah does for us. You, you, will, you will increase. And you want to you wanna do it for that reason. One of the things that really helps this is to remember Allah. You know, however that is, whether we're doing some tasbih or whether we're just thinking about Him, standing, sitting and on our sides. And that shows that it doesn't have to be formally sitting for dhikr. It's just remembering Him. Whether that be just tasbih, casual tasbih. Or even just actually, rather than casual to be just thinking about him. What does he want in this situation? Oh Allah, help me. I'm in this situation. Oh Allah, help me. Make this easy for me. I've just had a little brother, uh, a little problem with the brother. Oh Allah, reconcile our hearts. Come on, you know, I, I need, I, I need reconciliation with this. Right? It's that kind of an idea, right? It's, it's that kind of an idea that uh, we're thinking about Allah in everything. We're making him part of our life. Whether we're standing up, whether we're sitting down. And whether we're lying down, Allah sabili dawam, and hopefully this can become permanent. That we can remember Allah in all different stages. Now, if we think back, when did we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala today? Before this, you know, before we started talking about him formally. So for example, yesterday, like imagine it. Um, I was told that I may have said something and somebody may have been upset by that. So now I'm making the dua to Allah. Oh Allah, please make it easy for us. You know, clear his heart for me. I didn't really mean it, you know. That that's the time to bring up Allah, as opposed to, oh no, I'm going to have to talk to him, or I don't care about it. I don't care if he feels bad. You know, there's various different reactions, and it's amazing when you bring Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in the picture, that things start happening. It's quite amazing. Try it. A simple thing like that. You had a misgiving about somebody. Just make a du'a, and you'll see that things begin to clear up. It's amazing. وَإِلَيْهِ أَشَارَ بِقَوْلِهِ وَالْفِكْرُ وَالذِّكْرُ عَلَى الدَّوَامِ That's why the author says, uh, reflection and remembrance perpetually. It needs to be, you know, once this is built into your life, and it takes what? It takes a while, and I think it's going to be a lifelong process. But we hope that tomorrow we'll do it more than we do today. That, that's really what we're trying to do. And the next day it'll be more, and 10 years time it'll be even more. But if in 10 years time we're doing the same remembrance of Allah that we did today or last year, then we're not getting anywhere. Nobody's saying we'll get a 100% connection like the Prophet ﷺ overnight or if ever. But more than today, right? More than today, more than before and more than yesterday. And every day we need to look at it like that. So we're the closest to Allah before we die that we could have been. So he brings this last, but he says, this is last, not the least. He says that know that the remembrance of Allah is the most mightiest, the most majestic, the most honorable principle of the path. Right? Out of the ten that he's talking about, this is it. Because the maqsood, 
he kind of moves off the reflection part, goes more into the dhikr now, right? He says, because the objective, لِأَنَّ الْمَقْسُودَ minha, What is the objective of dhikr? Why should we sit and remember Allah, stand and remember? Why should we remember Allah at all? He said, the main objective should be تَخْلِيسُ الْقُلُوبِ مِمَّا سِوَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى It is to basically free the heart from other than Allah. So that the main thing which is preoccupying our heart is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That doesn't mean that we drop everything else of the world and we don't even fulfill responsibilities and earn a living and eat and all the rest of it. We do all of that. But what's in our heart is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala primarily. That's occupying our heart. And the most effective way of gaining this is by dhikr of Allah. That's the thing. It's the most effective way of doing it. Now think about it. If you've got a project on that is very important and it's a big project and you're probably going to make a lot of money with that and it requires so or let's just think about a marriage or a function. In a function or in a marriage or something like that there's so many different things that you have to bring together, right? Order the food, guests, preparation, decoration, shopping, and so on and so forth. That's why generally what I say is that if you are going to get engaged, then make sure the engagement isn't too long until the marriage date, because otherwise every weekend becomes a shopping week, shopping weekend. If you only have three weeks to prepare, it's only be three weeks of preparation and you'll get it all done. And if it's six months, then you'll probably be preparing every weekend anyway. So it's just an occupation of your life. But what happens then? Doesn't that become the first thing you think about and the last thing you'd, you, you, you think about before you go to sleep? Because it's pro preoccupied us. That's exactly what he's saying. He says that if you're going to do abundance of dhikr of Allah, right, then the abundance of it will necessitate the ascendancy, the elevation, the dominance of the one you're remembering upon your heart. It will, the more dhikr you do, that will basically force the one you're remembering who is Allah, right, to become the most foremost in our heart. So if we're thinking of a car or a marriage or a business or something foremost, that is going to be foremost in our heart. So that's, it's just logical that the more you remember him, then that's fine. And what a lot of people think, if I remember Allah, then I'm going to miss out on a lot of other stuff. But that never happens. What actually happens, what's amazing, which people don't get, but to, you have to experience to be able to do this, is that the more you remember Allah, the work becomes easier. Because Allah opens up your time, Allah opens your efforts, Allah opens up barakah, there's barakah in your time. So he's not saying exclusively remember me and just forget everything else and just sit and remember Allah. That's not what he's saying. Incorporate that in your work. So whenever you're doing something, you're still thinking about Allah at the back of your mind, just like you would be in anything else. If, if you've got a, a marriage to prepare for or some other thing to prepare for or moving of a house, you're still going to work. But at the back of your mind, you've got, I need to move, I need to do this today, I need to do that today. That's, that's basically what he's saying, I think. حَتَّى لَا يَكُونَ فِيهِ سِوَاهِ Such that nothing else then preoccupies the heart like that. بَلْ جَمِيعُ الْأَرْكَانِ تَنْشَأُ عَنْهُ Then the benefit of that will be that because the heart is the control, uh, the controlling source of the body, all of the rest of our limbs will basically follow suit. So prayer will become easier. Kindness will become easier, 
right? Humility will become easier, everything else will become easier. Because the other spiritual thing that it does is that it creates a light that is emanating from the heart. We're not going to see this, most people don't see this, but others may feel it. There will be a light that will emanate from the heart. And by this light or through this light now, it will satisfy you to such a degree that it will make you, it will basically make you turn away from the world, uh, from the love of the world, because the love of the world is the root of every problem. So you will have the world, you'll take it, you'll do it, you'll buy your car, you'll do everything else, you'll buy a house or whatever it is you have to, but it won't be done with obsession. Because there's something else that is obsessing us. Right? That is why the saying goes, the saying is whoever has been given dhikr, meaning whoever has been given the love of dhikr that they actually do dhikr all the time, then he has been given the plan of wilaya. He's basically been given tickets, the plan, the case, for friendship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because to be honest, the most difficult thing is to be regular on your dhikr. That is just very, because too much distraction. So it's a massive competition. And if this can win, you're a wali of Allah. That's it. You're a wali of Allah. فَالْمُدَاوَمَةُ عَلَيْهِ الدَّلِيلُ الْمُشْتَغِلِ بِهِ In fact, if you see somebody who is regular on their dhikr, then consider that to be an evidence of their wilayat. There's no other wilayat. You don't, he doesn't need to show you any miracles. That's what people think, miracles. Right? You're going to be pulling money out of your musalla. <laughs> right? There's like an ATM machine there. That's wilayat. That's, that, that's not wilayat. Wilayat is that we can become particular on the remembrance of Allah. To become permanent on it becomes, is an evidence for the wilaya of the one who is occupied that way. And he says, because this is the greatest of the principles and the greatest of the fundamentals of the path, that is why so much encouragement has come about it in the Quran al-Majid, more than any of the other arkan. The mention of dhikr of Allah in the Quran is over and over and over again. That's why, look at the verses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ You remember me and I will remember you. Amazing. Very simple statement. You remember me and I'll remember you. That's Allah saying that. Now you know when a big person who you've got a lot of respect for that you may have a lot of respect for. Maybe that be a big scholar, a big celebrity, a big businessman, somebody that everybody's looking, looking out for, right? And people would love to have a few minutes with them, even maybe shake their hands, right? And that person says to you that, you know what, I remember you. I remembered you. You just feel, oh, man. me out of all of these people that would love to be remembered. Why me? <coughs> You're going to be amazed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala among the billions of objects around him that he looks after, he remembers us.
while it's easier for Allah to remember us than anybody else, but it's also the most worthiest as well. We mustn't start thinking because Allah is easy for Him to remember hundreds and thousands of people at once. It's, it's not a big deal. Subhanallah. <laughs> Of course, it's a big deal, you know. Some people look at things in a different way. Right? La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. So, fathkuruni adhkurkum. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alladheena yadhkuruna allaha qiyaman wa ku'udan wa ala junubihim wa yadafakkaruna fi khalqi samawati wal ard. Those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala standing, sitting, and on their sides, and they are pondering, they reflect and ponder over the creation of the heavens and the earth. Because that's Allah's, that's why He ponders over it. You're, if somebody's infatuated with Steve Jobs, well, they're going to get the iPhone. Right? They're going to get the iPhone. There's somebody who's got an iPad to sell, so his, his brother-in-law said, my nephew is, a fa is a obsessed with the iPhone, let me ask him. So he sent him the advert, it's like the top-end iPhone, not iPhone, so it's an iPad. So he says, yeah, man, who wouldn't want a new iPad? But right now I'm, I'm having to save money for something, you know, for, for a house or something. So I, that's the only other way. Who wouldn't want one? That's your love for it. You're saying, who wouldn't want another one? You know? وَقَالَ تَعَالَى قُلِ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ ذَرْهُمْ فِي خَوْضِهِمْ يَلْعَبُونَ These are just a few of the verses, but he's chosen a very good selection of verses about dhikr. He says, say Allah. Allah. Right? Yeah, just say Allah. Then let them, then leave them to be engrossed in their play. Let them carry on in their entertainment and their, their play and their futile uh, entertainment. You just say Allah. That's amazing. I mean, just pondering over these, they, they, they strike, mashallah, in the heart. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu idha laqeetum fi'atan fathbutu wa thkurullaha kathirun la'alikum tuflihoon O people who believe, if you are to meet your enemy, meet the group, meet the, 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 your foe, then, then, then be, be firm. Be firm, but don't just be firm. This is the mistake we make. We have a lot of fervor. You know when we've got these attacks uh, against us, whether that be school-related, whether that be Islamophobia-related, there's a people who, mashallah, are very moved to campaign. So they do a lot of campaign, right? So mashallah, you, you see these people... They don't seem to be very practicing, but they're willing to go out and do more than other people, right? Because they've got a lot of drive. And it doesn't matter what happens, then they're willing to stand up for the truth. So yes, we should do that. As he says, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, that when you confront your enemy, whatever that enemy is, then you should stand firm. But then we miss the next part. Where are you going to get the energy from this, from an effectiveness? Are we just relying on ourselves that I, I've got a lot of zeal and I've got a lot of strength and I've got a lot of commitment? Is that all it is? We want also efficacy. We also want a positive effect. And that comes from And remember Allah abundantly so that you can be, you can be successful. So your success isn't just going to come by steadfastness. It's also going to come through the remembrance of Allah. This is where I think a lot of people miss out. They think it's all about planning and all that. That's all there. That has to be there as part of it. But that's only half the story. Because at the end of the day, we're doing things for the sake of Allah. If that's what we're claiming, but we don't even bring Allah into the picture. That's why there was one madrasa. It was the first time that they had a very important conference. 
right, in which so what the shuyukh done is that they get they got two or three people just to be sitting on the side throughout just doing dhikr of Allah for the barakah it's like they were providing the power source can you imagine it like you charge the battery unfortunately we're just becoming too reliant on our own like glamour and the way we do things and all that that should be done we should have the best organization do it you know have the best but don't forget that there's somebody recently he had a problem with somebody else and he did some istighfar you know Hassan Basri 70 istighfar he read those and read something else and mashallah events began to turn it had gotten very bad but then it softened out miraculous like why did it soften out but it's because you're asking Allah to intervene you know like somebody goes you, you say please can you just have a word with them and they do it doesn't remove the problem completely because that takes time but at least somebody mentioning something puts in a positive so we're saying to Allah to do that and he has the most power to do anything Allah it's amazing it's amazing it's amazing then uh, then he says the next verse he says and these are the people who remembered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly and then they defended themselves after they were oppressed so even with that even when you're being oppressed well that's probably you're probably going to remember Allah generally anyway but you must remember Allah there and, and then you defend yourself then Allah says akbar. the remembrance of Allah is most superior is the greatest and then Allah says Allah and those who abundantly remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the male and the female and numerous other verses but this is sufficient to underscore the idea of how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be of help if to, to us and to our benefit. So we stop here for today, but in the next session it's talking about there are two types of dhikr. So inshallah we'll cover that next time. Basically this dhikr that he just mentioned about how does a become, person become a dhakir, a remember of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are two ways to do this. And inshallah we'll look at that next time. اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم والله we ask you for your forgiveness والله we ask you for your blessings we ask you for your special attention we ask you for your generosity Allah grant us your Love and the love of those whose love benefits us in your court. O oh Allah, protect us from distractions. O oh Allah, grant us the love for you and your remembrance. Make us of those who remember you abundantly and who thank you abundantly. And make us of the grateful servants. O oh Allah, protect us from ingratitude. O oh Allah, protect us from all forms of kufr and ingratitude. O oh Allah, you have given us abundantly. O oh Allah, you have given us more than so many others in this world. Oh Allah, we cannot thank you enough. Oh Allah, we ask that you do not make whatever you have given to us a source of fitna and temptation and trial for us. Oh Allah, do not make what you have given 
us a source of distraction for us and a source of heedlessness for us. Oh Allah, we ask that you do not allow us to use what you have given us to disobey you. Oh Allah, we ask you forgiveness from those sins that we've committed using the very resources that you have granted us. Oh Allah, we ask that you do not allow the resources that you have given us to make us arrogant and to make us conceited and to make us think we're better than others. Oh Allah, do, do not make us of the, among the arrogant who stride around this world. Oh Allah, make us of the humble ones. Oh Allah, make us of the compassionate ones. Make us of, of the loving ones. Oh Allah, we ask that you remove the darknesses from our, of, our, of our life. Oh Allah, many sins bring about darkness and problems and take away the mercy and take away the blessings from our life. Oh Allah, return the mercy to our lives. Oh Allah, grant us the innocence that, that, that a small child has. Oh Allah, make us pure and freed from sin. Oh Allah, make the difficulties easy for us. Oh Allah, remove the fitna and the temptations from our path. Oh Allah, give us the fortitude in our heart to resist whatever is around us. Oh Allah, allow us to be productive and useful. Oh Allah, that which you have given us, allow us to use it wisely and usefully and productively. Oh Allah, make us the keys to goodness in this world. Oh Allah, make us, make us forces of positivity in this world. Oh Allah, we ask you to bring insaniyyah back in the insan. Help our Muslim brothers and sisters around the world and remove them and all of us and all remove all persecution, remove all oppression. O oh Allah, we ask that you grant us the kalima la ilaha illallah on our deathbed. And O oh Allah, that you make us go from this world in the best state that we could be. O oh Allah, make the rest of our life from now better than the previous part of our life. O oh Allah, above all, we ask you that you protect us and our, especially our spouses, families, and especially our children and progeny until the day of judgment. O oh Allah, that you make them a source of gladness for us. You make the Qur'an part of our life. And you make the Sharia part of our ethos. And O oh Allah, we ask that you send your abundant blessings on our Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun al mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.